was one time, I believe it was July. August. August. There's a knock on the door. I open it, and there's this cute little girl scout. Uh, she was so adorable with the little pigtails now. And she says to me, how would you like to buy some cookies? And I said, well, what kind do you have? She had thin mints, graham crunchy things. Raisin oatmeal. Raisin oatmeal. And I said, we'll take a graham crunch. How much would that be? And she looks at me and she says, I need about three fifty. Three fifty. It's time for another episode of Two Cheers with your hosts Frank G and Ralphie D, featuring Princess Crazy Girl, Professor Pat, and Amy the Dream Master. El Shabazz. Oh, Jay. It's time to rock our shit. What kind of shit? The kind of shit that made Will Siflet. We could probably still do that whole thing, you know? Without <laughs> uh, a doubt. People be like, what are you guys talking about this time, right? Yeah. Well, you'll never know. We're good at that. We're, we're good at that. <laughs> if you don't know, you'll never know. So if you don't know, you're not old enough, probably. Oh, man. I told uh, this girl today that she looked like uh, Jennifer Grey, and she said, who's that? <laughs> she said, well, which, which nose? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. She didn't even know. That's terrible. Yeah, you look like a young Jennifer Grey. Oh, God damn it. Old. That's pretty good, though. Old strikes uh, again. Young Jennifer Grey was hot, and that's a good deal. I know. Yeah, she just didn't have the curly mane. Yeah, okay. She did have the nose. That's for sure. Which, you know, I thought was cute. I did, too. I liked her better before she got rid of it and looks all, you know... I don't know. It's not, yeah. as, not as good now. She doesn't have any character. She just looks like a random... That's girl. what I'm saying. Like, she's not Jeannie Bueller anymore. <laughs> right. And somebody apparently finally put Baby in the corner, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Sheen was about to put her in the corner. <laughs> so I'm looking at this list of cartoons here that I just downloaded. It's like I said, it's called 80s okay. cartoons on, on uh, Wikipedia, right? But half of this right. shit, I don't, I've never heard of half of these series. And I know that we watched, you know, we were aware of cartoons in the 80s. And I, I don't understand how there's some I've never sure. seen. Like, uh, oh, give me an example. Let's see. Where's the one I said a few minutes ago? I was like, they had, they had a Garbage Pail Kids cartoon? That's a good one. I don't remember that. I remember the crappy, I don't remember that. crappy movie. But, uh, I remember that, yeah. That's, I wasn't aware of a cartoon, though. Yeah. See, they have. I, here's one I do remember: Fred and Barney meet the Thing. Nobody ever remembers that one. Remember they had the Thing on there? Yeah, the Thing ring, do your thing, and he had to push his fucking two fists together. <laughs> thing ring, do your thing. <laughs> I do remember him having to do that. Wow, holy shit! I'm having a weird moment <laughs> thinking about that right yeah, now. Yeah, that was the, crazy. After they got rid of the thing, they turned him into Shmoo on that series, and then it was just Fred and Barney and the Shmoo, and that wasn't cool. <laughs> nah, the Shmoo was terrible. And Ugh. nobody remembers the Shmoo either. Like, who's that? Like, that's just probably for the best. You know? He was a yeah. He was a glob of nut. That's what he was. <laughs> His name was actually the Spooge, but they changed it for TV. <laughs> yeah, the Spooge, that would be a little too, uh, what's the word we're looking for? Damaging to the youngsters. <laughs> Let's see. Shmoo. There's something called Lady yeah. Lovely Locks, but that was probably for girls, so we would have ignored yeah. that. 
Yeah. Although I did watch Jim. Yeah, well, I watched Jim too. But see, Jim was just like one tiny step removed from being part of the G.I. Joe and Transformers universe. You know, it was all the same. Very true. Same everything. Same people, same you know, writers, whatever. It's like they could have had a crossover. Mm-hmm. It would have been nice if like, you know, Flint went over and dated Jim or something. But there was probably an age difference going on there. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Maybe. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I revisited Jim on uh, Netflix with my uh, youngest kids. Okay. And uh, man, they enjoyed the hell out of it. It's, it's, it's really pretty good. good. Yeah. They, they're, the movie they're making apparently is not going to be as good, but well, maybe the kids will see the cartoons now and, and go back to it. Right. Uh, Pole position? I can't believe a live action remake. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Deo, Deo. Pole position. I remember Turbo Teen, which was about a kid who had to yeah. get hot to turn into a car. It was a stormy night when a bolt of lightning forced me off the road. My car skidded into a government laboratory where a top secret experiment was underway. I swerved into the path of Dr. Chase's molecular transfer ray, causing me and my car to become one. incredible turbo team. I remember one scene like very clearly where they were on a train with some hobos trying to get away from whatever they were running away from and he needed to turn to uh-huh. a car so he took the hobos beans off their fire that they were making in the train car and he poured the beans on himself <laughs> and turned into the car and the hobos were like like we have had too much to drink but they couldn't say that because it was a cartoon. <laughs> it's like wow this is no, crazy. Yeah. Potato head kids I don't remember those either. Rambo. Okay, that was, I remember that. That was horrible. And the Force of Freedom. <laughs> See, yeah. RoboCop, the animated series. I remember once being on on like that Marvel action thing that I only saw one time, but I guess that ran longer. Okay. Robotics. Like, I played with robotics, but I never saw a damn show. <laughs> Ooh, the most useless cartoon of the entire 80s. Rubik the Amazing Cube. He's God, that was awful. My name is Rubik. <laughs> yeah, I remember that shit. Ugh. Mostly, though, if you look down this, there's uh, hundreds and hundreds of shows on here, and you know we watched almost all of them and liked them at some point. Yeah, Rubik was uh, that was creepy. And that weird green head. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense, you know. Like he gets, why does this thing get like he gets manipulated by the little girl and he pops out a face, you know? <laughs> it's like I don't know about all this stuff. Yeah, I was like the most easily defeated superhero of all time. He just had to twist him once, <laughs> and then the head pops away. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you know what? I don't know why there's all the Aquaman hate. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I'm not saying he was the best. But I, he definitely was not the worst hero. I know that his adventures were tailor-made for his powers, but still. Yeah, he was. Li- he had limited functionality. Was the problem? He couldn't go on land. He couldn't go where the rest could. They should have given him some kind of a helmet or something that was, you know, would keep him wet. Yeah. That would have worked. <laughs> if you remember, around maybe 
oh, say 2000-ish uh, Cartoon Network used to show, like when Adult Swim was new, they'd cut up little bits of other cartoons and make them do weird things. And there was one where they had Aquaman from the Super Friends, and he would come out and he would just like shake his hips back and forth. And I think that's where a lot of the Aquaman hatred came from, actually, is for this generation, is they saw him doing that stuff and heard other people make fun of him. And, not, and they hadn't even watched the Super Friends. You know? uh, Did you ever watch Batman Brave and the Bold series? No, right, that's no, probably like the, that was okay. yeah, that's probably the best Batman cartoon as far as it being entertaining and not dark. You know, it's it's like '60s Batman, but he's got Aquaman on there, and he's played by uh, John DiMaggio. Okay, yeah. So yeah. it's Aquaman, but he sounds just like Bender. Oh, and uh, and one of the bad guys is Kurtwood Smith. So you have like Bender versus Red Foreman in a couple of scenes, and it's just like you know. It's, <laughs> But Aquaman on there is a badass. He's like, he boasts and he, he wrecks shit and he's just awesome. So it's like, well, why don't they ever use this version again? You know? Yeah, that version sounds tight. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Um, yeah, I was just watching some Futurama today. And, I, I mean, that show just holds up. The jokes are great, fast, snappy. I mean, good stuff. Oh, yeah, I still find new stuff in the back of some of them, too. Or you go, hey, I never saw that before. You know? I'd watch a a new Futurama over some other bullshit. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I long ago gave up entirely on, like, American Dad, which was just, like, horrible to me. And uh, yeah. I'll, I'll occasionally still watch Family Guy, but most of the time it's just kind of like they're doing it because they are under contract and they don't seem to give a crap anymore, you know? Mm. Simpsons is yeah. still good. I still watch The Simpsons. You know what? That's funny. I, I haven't watched The Simpsons in a while. It, it, I fell off The Simpsons a long time. It ago. had some bad periods, for sure, but uh, the last couple of years have been pretty good. Maybe I'll check it out. I mean, um, is the longevity due to it still being good, or what? It was still better than most crap when it was at its lowest, but it did it did have oh, a wow. it did have a low point there for a while. Okay. I think when all the other stuff, think, like South Park was out and Family Guy was new and all that stuff was new and Simpsons was seen as sort of like the, you know, too quaint almost, you know? Because remember when it was wow. hardcore when it came out and we weren't allowed to wear Bart oh, Simpson man. and all that shit? You know? Oh, yeah. Now it became so completely removed from that that it wasn't dangerous anymore. So people were like, ah, fuck that show. We're going to watch these you know, these new shows. After a while, you get sick of all that. You know, okay, well, this is now pointless and stupid because you've shocked me all you're ever going to shock me. So where's the storyline, you know? You know, the kids never... My kid can't tell the difference between any of them. So it's all good to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That might have to do with what the, the shitty quality of the new stuff, you know? The kids' shows that they make for kids are crap. Yeah, and you know what? Our stuff wasn't that good either, but I mean, it was still... It was crap. It was just slightly less watered-down crap, you know? Like, at least in the beginning of our young ages there, when we were kids' kids, little kids, the stuff wasn't even really toy commercials yet. Oh, man. I would say man, the but... first one of those hardcore was probably He-Man. Yes, that was a half-hour toy commercial for sure. And it was after that that we started to get Transformers, G.I. Joe, and like every single cartoon was based on a toy line from that point forward. But up until then, it was the 82 or 3, it wasn't all that big a deal. G.I. Joe for sure, Transformers definitely, uh, He-Man of course, I mean that was, 
Yeah. Didn't it start with the Mattel logo? <laughs> <laughs> it should have, yeah. <laughs> they also Smurfs, but really the Smurfs were not really oh, right. the toy line. They were just those little dinky Smurfs, you know. But I remember people collecting those in about 1980. That's true. That's true. I do remember that. Yeah, you could really huck one of those at somebody and yeah, that would hurt. <laughs> <laughs> those, yeah, they're Smurfs. hard, man. Oh, uh, they're rebooting the Smurfs, too, I just heard. As a cartoon or as another movie? As another movie. Why would they bother to restart it? They just, they're in the they, middle of it. Yeah. They're rebooting it with other people. We're going to go hardcore. <laughs> Poor Jonathan Winters, you know, he passed away and he was on the, he was in the movie, right? Oh, was he? See, I don't even, I didn't even see the, either one of those, really. I know it had uh, Hank Azaria as Gargamel, which looked like it was a good idea. <laughs> yeah, he looked pretty good, actually. But Hank Azaria in anything is a good idea to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love that guy. I, I watched that Inside Out movie. Pat was like, you got to see this movie. It's like, well, I'll, I'll watch the thing. You know, usually I avoid those now because they're always full of like, you know, here's the part where we're going to make you sad on purpose. You know, it's like, well, fuck that. Oh, yeah. But, uh, so I watched it. I, I just skipped the, the, you know, 20 seconds that were obviously that. But, uh the whole thing, I'm like, you know what this is? This is Pixar presents Herman's head, dude. This is, you know, it needs Hank. Yeah, Hank I'm saying we've seen it. I'm like this, I, I know this story. <laughs> it needs more comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I heard it was well done, and you know, it's good. It's being the father of daughters, I'm gonna have to most likely go see that soon. Yeah, I would say I would take the, you know, it's good for kids. Plus, you, there's a lot of shit in there that is like very familiar you know what i mean especially uh, for like to me too like just the whole without getting into the story and stuff the part where they they're moving and they first pull in and they're like they're on the bridge and shit and they're in san francisco and it's like wow this is very familiar you know i've had this oh, wow, very yeah. exact experience you know 252 Max Headroom here with. This is my guest. I heard you were big time in the old pop is. Well, I'm gonna take that as a no comment. So, nitty gritty time. What I'm talking about, and you're not, is that more people prefer the new refreshing taste of Coke over Pepsi. Sweating? It's true. More people are, as we Cokeologists say, catching the wave. Catch it if you can, can. Catch the wave. Coke. <gasps> Due to subject matter and strong language, parental discretion is advised. Princess Crazy Girl here with Project X. Please follow me on Twitter at PrincessCG252. It's been a busy week, and I'm glad to sit down and talk to you guys. A little warning for any of you who haven't heard me before. I use a lot of foul language. I swear a lot. I cuss a lot. Um, I talk about sexual things a lot. And if you have a problem with that... I understand. Skip past my part of the show and listen to the next set. The reason I bring this up is I had a very, very long discussion with our producer about I say the word cock too much. I personally don't think I say cock enough. And he's like, you got too much cock in your show. I go, I don't have enough cock in my life. So please, if you enjoy me saying cock a lot, Leave us a comment and let our producers know that cock is very acceptable and we like having cock in our lives. I mean, I love having cock in me. I mean, why wouldn't I want it in my show? Now, guys, we really have to talk about these pictures. I told you I did not want them. I don't like them. 
But thanks, Ralph. But I got to tell you, Pat's pictures were way better than yours. So to keep my producer happy this week, I promised him I wouldn't talk about Cox. So if we can't talk about Cox, and that's, you know, half the world has Cox, let's talk about the other half of the world, the pussy side of the world. I have a pussy, so I figure, why not? I'll talk about my pussy. I call her my vajayjay. That's more of a general term that I use for all vaginas, not necessarily a personalized name. I don't know any girls who give it a personalized name. If you do, let me know because I just, I'm just interested in this. I mean, I've always had guys name my boobs, give the left one name, the right another. All right, guys, as much as I love talking about cocks and vaginas, I love talking about them as much as I love playing with them. I think maybe we should move on because my producer, his head is about to explode right now. And I don't want that to happen. He's too nice of a guy. So this was another hard week. I'll probably tell you that every week that I've had a hard week, but I think that's just life. And everybody's probably says the same thing. This was a hard week, but it was a little bit different for me. My high school reunion was the other night, which I did not go to, and my daughter had a monumental birthday, so between those two items, I've been feeling quite old. So I decided to feel good. I needed to spoil myself, and I'm a girl, so that's like, shopping trip always makes us feel better. I don't know why shopping makes girls feel better, but it does. Though unlike most girls, I did not want a new pair of shoes or a new pretty outfit or anything like that. Screw that stuff. Clothes are a necessity of life because society will not let us walk around naked. I mean, I would be perfectly happy going into work half nude if I could get away with it, especially in the summer. It's been so hot at work. We're sweating to death. And I'm like, can we just wear our bikinis and you guys can hose us down when we get too hot? And they like, no, 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 no. You need to wear clothes at work. So yeah, going shoes and clothing shopping, it's not like a fun thing to me. It's a life necessity, just like going to the grocery store. And I wanted a feel-good shopping spree. And my go-to feel-good shopping spree item lately has been records. I have a vinyl record collection. I only have about 50, so I don't have too many. So every opportunity I get to go and find something new, I'm like all for it. There was a resale shop a friend of mine had told me about that I've been thinking about going to. And I said, you know what? Perfect opportunity. I'll go see what I can find. And so I get there, and I walk around the store. I don't see any kind of records of any kind. There was a young girl at the counter, and I went up to her, and I said, hey, do you guys have any records? And she looks at me like she has no clue what I'm talking about. And I go, you know, vinyl records, do you guys have any? She was looking at me like I was speaking some foreign language. I go, do you know what I'm even talking about? And she goes, Um, no, I'm not even quite sure what you're talking about. She goes, hang on, let me go talk to my manager. He said, unfortunately, no, we don't carry those. I'm like, really? So at that point, the younger girl comes over and she's, you know, trying to be nice and helpful. And she's like, and she says, we do carry CDs. My grandma listens to them. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I'm trying to feel younger. And all this girl is doing is feel 10 times older. So yeah, I was standing there and the girl was yakking about CDs and I was starting to get very frustrated. And I was about to just like tell her off for no good reason. And then my retail brain kicked in and I go, you know what? 
this girl actually went above and beyond her job she not only double checked since she didn't know what the item was if they had it or not and since they didn't have it she was making other suggestions so she was doing an awesome job and so if you're listening sarah i am sorry i was being a fucking bitch a real fucking bitch i'm telling you and i know this and you just sat there and smiled and was as polite as can be so you're awesome and i'm a fucking bitch Looks like I'm running out of time here, guys. I enjoyed our little talk here. You guys are an awesome audience. You're really quiet. I wish, in fact, you'd talk a little bit more. In fact, I'd love to hear from you guys. You can follow us on Twitter and send us some tweets at RetroNerds252. Or you can follow me personally at PrincessCG252. You can also follow us on Facebook and a whole bunch of other places my producer told me about that I don't even go on to, but somebody checks them. So just Retro Nerds 252. Anywhere and everywhere, search for us, share us, love us. He's back. Yeah. What up? Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> That I don't know. We could probably pre- convince at least a few chicks that Pat is slim shady if we went out on the town here. <laughs> but you, you're gonna have to be Dre though. You have to. You could do that. You could pull that off. You just have to, you know, crouch down a little bit, be a little less tall. Nice. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get on my serious workout grind then. It's been a while since I've been that jacked. Oh yeah, he's pretty big now, isn't he? <laughs> Dre yeah. and LL both like, dude, LL used to weigh 86 pounds, man. I'm saying. Shit. But the weird thing is, is he looked big to us back then, right? Right. But just like him That's bouncing right. around the stage at Saturday Night Live, it's like, damn, that dude is yoked. Oh, yeah. Well, not really. Well, he used to like whip his shirt open and be like the girl's like, ah! And like you look at him now, he's like rib caged and it looks like J.J. Walker and stuff, you know? Hello? Can you yeah. hear me? We can hear you Hi. now. Hi. All right. Introductions. <laughs> this is this is Amy. You're on with Frank, obviously, Ralph, and Pat. Hello, Ralph and Pat. What's going What's on? What's happening? Not a bunch of fireworks right now, and they're scaring the living shit out of me because they keep their mortars and they're like randomly going off. <laughs> and I live in the ghetto, so it sounds like fucking gunshots. Nice. And I keep jumping. <laughs> Your kids oh, sleep no. through that noise? Oh yeah, they're like out. Sweet. That's called melatonin and being at the pool all day. That'll do it. Right on. Wear them out. Yeah. Melatonin is mother's best friend. I usually, <laughs> I usually use a mallet and a NyQuil for the kids. <laughs> Mallets are always See, good. I just, I just let mine oh, stay yeah. up till 2 in the morning, but he stays in his room, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But he's 10, so... Well, mine has ADHD, so they just fucking spin in circles all fucking day, even with medication. Nice. We should, you know, videotape them and at least get some YouTube hits. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe get a cat involved or something for the extra 10%. We do have a cat. 
Oh, there you go. So watch this kid swing a cat around by its tail. <laughs> no animals were harmed making this podcast. <laughs> I'm shocked that they have not done that. <laughs> with, with the right medication, you could watch this cat swing this kid around. Right. <laughs> That's the medication if you take it, though, not if the kid takes it. And I've got that medication, too. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> He's having problems with his microphone. Yeah, I, no, uh, I, I, I just get out. I just pulled it all the way out, so I'm just going to keep it out now and see how well it works with it out. Not to stick it back in. Just ask me to. If you ask me to put it back in, I'll put it back in. But I'll keep it out because it's been giving me problems since I've had it in. <laughs> The thing is, you keep it in just long enough and then take it out. I can't take you guys anywhere. Oh my god. It could be that's karma for talking about buttholes and stuff. Oh my god. I don't even know. It's like, no, really, we were having a, a nicer conversation five minutes earlier. Right. My good friends. We were talking about LL Cool J and cartoons, man. <laughs> and took, took, took a left into the wall. That happens with us, though. You know, That's all right. Just... I think a lot of people have groups of friends. We have, come on now. Oh, Everyone's I, got the group of friends. Of... I'm not uh, concerned about offending you. If I, I, I would have <laughs> do that, it would have happened 20 years ago. So. <laughs> come on now, dude. I think I've offended more people than anything yeah that's i've definitely seen you offend some people while i was there. <laughs> <laughs> i'm no i think i've that. seen you assault that's... some people too <laughs> i may have yeah and assault myself oh well all right then so, right? <laughs> well i that i smashed my face on the wrestling ring oh yeah yeah drunk that one night and smashed my face and almost broke my freaking orbital and then there was that one night that somebody took a baseball bat to my damn car oh yeah yeah somebody was pissed <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were pissed at my little purple little roller skate with my big bright yellow fago sign on it <laughs> people used to mess with our cars anyway because they just knew whose they were right or a part of it or something i don't know but that pissed me off because that cost like 300 dollars to replace those fucking mirrors assholes aren't you glad you missed all that stuff pat <laughs> <laughs> now where are you from pat uh well i'm from the bay area ralph and frank and i met in fairfield that was kind of like the northeast bay and now i live in the north bay in fairfax i'm back bitches Oh, oh shit. shit! Oh yeah. <laughs> How far is where you're at now from where we were? Well, what would you say, Ralph? Like forty minutes? Yeah, forty, forty-five max. Forty minutes north and west. West. No, it's south, basically. southwest. Yeah. Southwest. Okay. It's like yeah. almost straight across Highway 37, and then you just go a little bit further west once you hit 101. I'm probably five minutes from where uh, <laughs> you, you used to live. <laughs> He's the only one that made it out of the they ghetto. The rest of us are still there. <laughs> yeah, I'm still in the ghetto. It sucks. The middle, hey, middle the ghetto is all right. <laughs> I'm like actually in the ghetto. I'm a cold and gray Chicago moon and that little baby tiger born in the ghetto. In the ghetto. And then in, in Iraq at the same time because <laughs> Dearborn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, because wow. Dearborn Heights is right across the street. So it is like the next highest population of Muslim 
Anywhere except the Middle East, yeah. Yeah, it is. There's million-dollar houses, and then two blocks away, there's, like, drive-by shootings, and it's, like, the, it's the worst gosh darn neighborhood. It's crazier. That's, that's the Michigan way. Gross Point is super rich on one side of the street, across the street, the, the ghetto Detroit. Yeah, that's how it goes. Damn. <laughs> that's a great yep. mix, though. <laughs> the highest of classes and the lowest of classes. Yeah, it goes from one extreme to the other, and it's crazy. It's like your own version of Death Row Records. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Just don't get in front of Suge when he's driving. Oh, man. Yeah, no. Too bad they didn't understand what it meant when they said they were doing a movie shoot, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the luck of the draw, though, you know? I mean, think about all of the rap acts from the late 80s and early 90s that don't get any type of recognition, right? For sure. Right. Who's That's the, true. I mean, like, how many people can you survey who even know who Original Concept is, right? Straight from the basement of Cooley High, we got not one DJ, but two. Hiller rocked the house for you, Dr. Dre and Easy G, and on the microphone you got TNG. So hold on to your seats while we house the set. Cause the original concept is in a full effect, boy. Or K9 Posse for that matter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or how about no pain? <laughs> I think we're the. <laughs> I'm saying, we're probably the only ones who know K9 Posse is. <laughs> I think they got popular a little, like the tiniest bit once Charlie Murphy became a name. Like people were like that's that band that Charlie Murphy was in, you know? Yeah, but did anybody buy that record? Oh hell no! <laughs> I, I, a dollar bin, maybe. Besides me, I bought it for full price. Oh god, I'm sorry. I, I think I got your copy uh, from you when you didn't want it. I know. I, I'm sure I said, you know what? There's one good song on here, and it's not that good. So <laughs> <laughs> this beat is military. No, that was the second best song okay. <laughs> on there. Charlie says. That, that was the original, original concept. concept. No, what was the, uh, god dang it, what was that K9 Posse song? Can't even think of it. Well, shit, if I think it's Charlie Says, then maybe his beat is military was the best song. Therefore, <laughs> oh. giving that album the money well spent. Moving and grooving across the stage, me and a crew, course we ain't through. Ain't nothing to it, but to do it. All the rap tips because there weren't that many at the time. You know? yeah, yeah, my brother bought all of them, and that's where I listened, heard, you know, heard it from. At that, I wasn't at that stage. I was still listening to New Kids on the Block, and you, you know, right? You know. Right. <laughs> Wait, that being said, Amy, what? did you know who Mac Dre was before uh, before he got really big? Did he get big in Michigan? He sure did not. Oh who? wow! No, I have never heard of him. When the party's over at the end of the night. After he uh, he got more famous and stuff, he started to get like really into the sort of like underground drug rap type of thing. And they, my brother might have, but I uh, he probably yeah. does. But yeah, they, he never he was huge out there and never got that big here. Like, when you guys were into that, I mean, I was into metal and stuff like that. Like, I came out of my teeny bopper kind of stuff into listening to metal. So, and I, he was listening to more rap, and then I listened to rap. Beastie Boys was my first main one, and Run DMC that I kind of 
fell for an LL Cool J. He took me to see them. LL Cool J and Run DMC. That was my first concert that I went to see with him. Nice. That's very cool. That was my first concert too. Not the same one, but it was uh, Run DMC and the Beastie Boys at Pine Up 87. Yeah, I can't remember. Was that the Def Jam tour? The one that I was at was uh, was the Together Forever tour. Together Forever, that's right, because you had that. Did you have the shirt concert tee? Do you still have that tee? I would still have that tee if it wasn't like incredibly too small for that version of me, so it got trashed at some point, or I gave it to somebody. Oh, okay. I gave away a lot of stuff that, that didn't fit, and Damn. then like now it would all fit. <laughs> right. I still <laughs> have I... a hell of a lot of my concert t-shirts. I held on to those. I have my ones from the ones I actually went to. Yeah. The earlier, like when we used to just buy, you know, band shirts at the mall without actually going to shows, that was a lot of that stuff. Right. Oh. Yeah, no. I gave you a bunch of that no. stuff at one point, actually, because I'm like, well, I'm fat and you're skinny. Here, take this. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's like later on, I got skinny myself, but that took a while. You know? <laughs> yeah. I wish I still had my Lollapalooza one shirts. I had I bought two shirts from the first Lollapalooza, and uh, I think I went away probably like ten or twelve years after the concert. I was like, yeah, I'll never wear this again. <laughs> yeah, I threw away a couple of mine. I had a badass Beastie Boys <laughs> one from one of the Lollapaloozas, and I it got ripped and I had to throw it away. I was so mad. I was like, no, not my Beastie Boys one. Cause it had yeah. a badass like van on it and it was all vintage looking. And I was like, you fuckers. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't remember. It was like in like around 94, maybe. Did you no. go to the scene at the Phoenix Plaza? No, it was at, it was at Pine Knob. Oh, okay. Oh, it was the Lollapalooza you said, right. Yeah, yeah, it was Lollapalooza. I see, I see. We, oh, I went okay. to the first one. I think it was number two, or second one, or something like that. Beastie Boys. Yeah, with, uh, yep. four. That yep. was ill communication. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was nice. stay here, dude. Oh. We went to so many damn concerts. Like that's. I finally found my my uh, ticket stub boat thing. I was gonna start taking pictures and like finish my collage thing, of all the ticket stubs. And that's not even all. Like I last, you know, lost half of them or threw them away because I was drunk or something. And my husband yeah. was just like, "Holy shit! Like you went to that many concerts?" And I'm like, "That's not even. This is probably <laughs> wow. about half of like the, you know." He's like, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, "Frank and I went to at least in the one summer, at least maybe what twenty, thirty in that one summer, <laughs> just in the one year." Yeah, I think we probably did thirty out of ninety days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure at least one yeah. day we did two different shows where we left one and went to another. Even so, I said but we it were was pretty when, sane. It was, but it was when ticket prices were twenty bucks yeah. to get into a concert, and you could yeah. see two yeah. or three bands, not eighty dollars just to sit in nosebleed, you know, and freaking a thousand dollars for main floor and shit like that. Nowadays, it's ridiculous. How much for? What did you? What? What did you say, Prince? What did you say? How much the Prince ticket? Two thousand. The floor seat was a thousand bucks. We were literally at the ceiling. Like I could touch the ceiling with my hand. That's where we were at the very top and the back. Yeah. And those were a hundred bucks. I mean, it's a beautiful, it's a very old place and it's, but it's, it's big, but it's not very big. He probably still made as much as a normal band would make it at 20,000 seater because tickets are so expensive. Because those seats were so high on the floor. Yeah. yeah right. I, I, I've only been to one concert there and it was, who did we go see? Okay, well, come back to me because I just totally lost. It was a rap. Blame it was it on rap. The, page, the booze. The oh, it was a rap concert too. 
It was a rap concert, yeah. It was, oh, God dang it. No. The black guy that's in uh, the Fast and Furious. The black guy that raps. (laughs) That's in the Fast and Furious movies. Ludacris. Ludacris. And the other two dudes. (laughs) Outcast. There. God. And it was was the worst. Like, it, it, it sucked because it was so loud with the bass. And that place is so small. Like, it was literally like, like I thought the ceiling was going to crumble. It was like, and it just sounded like shit. It was, it was not the proper place to have like outcast perform and with all the bass and everything. But it was, it was a cool concert. But then we did like up in smoke and we got pulled over going a hundred and something miles per hour on the way there. Cars loaded up with everybody all fucking tweaked out and drunk and blunts and liquor and fucking you name it. And we're cruising down <laughs> 96 in a Cadillac going to like 110 and the cop let us go. He was like, oh, you're on your way to up and smoke wow. tour. Okay, cool. We're like, sweet. <laughs> he's like, wow. He's like, have fun. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I would have been on the side of the road, on my stomach, arms out. I don't know how we got out of it. I was scared shitless because it was yeah, my brother was in the front seat. I mean, seriously, we had there was open intox, there was open beers. I mean, there, I, yeah, we would have been fucked. We would have all been screwed. And we were following a car that was going even faster. He was pushing the car to the max point that he could to catch up to us. And we were just floating on on down the road. (laughs) And then we got there and we had shitty ass eats. And then somehow, magically, our friend Red, like, just walked us into an elevator and it took us to main floor. And we just got on the main floor and... Walked right up to the front and watched Eminem and fucking everybody perform. And I was like, this is badass. <laughs> no such Sweet. thing as white privilege. What the? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, it's not even privilege. I don't know. Something about my brother Bert. and the, my buddy Red, they, the way that they can talk to people and the way that they just, I don't know, they just can walk into a place and they'll just charm somebody. And all of a sudden we're just oh, in. Just act a like VIP. they belong there, right? Yeah, and they just get us into VIP section places. They've done it, I don't know how many times. Like, we went to the Music Awards, Detroit Music Awards, and uh, our friend Red, he was he was like, I'll be right back. He was gone for like 15, 20 minutes, comes back, and he's like, come on, down with me. He pulls us down to the main floor, sits us down at a table, and we're, we're sitting there with Jack White from the White Stripes. I had no right. clue. Yeah, I got I to beat this. I got to beat this red now. Okay. I know. <laughs> I, I had no clue. We were the sitting right there, and, I, and I'm, like, I'm like, God, I'm like, those two guys look familiar, but we were like, whatever. So we got the party at the freaking music awards, and, you know, it was wow. badass. And then, like, two days later, we were sitting there watching TV in the White Stripes video dropped and i was like oh that's kind of (laughs) cool that's who we were fucking drinking with (laughs) and he was popping bottles and getting us champagne and shit it was crazy i was like it was awesome yep come to detroit and i'll I'll hook you up with red and we'll we'll take you out on a night out of town (laughs) you know i don't know if they can top my birthday night that i spent champagne toasting Tommy Toon, because we have the same birthday at the top floor at Harris. All right? Okay. Top of that in Vegas. I got drunk at a rockabilly show with two dudes that later turned out to be Bush. Uh, I had Chris <laughs> Chelios buying me drinks one night and like 
gave me his phone number and stuff if they know who Chris Chelios is. But that's not a rock band person. It's a hockey guy. You are now about to witness the strength of gold knowledge. Give me the fucking nuggets, bitch, or I'll punch your fucking face. What the heck is going on there? You've just been introduced to the Golden Goldies. This group only existed for about one week in 1995, but have gone on to become legendary in the Detroit hip-hop scene. Legendary jokes, but legendary nonetheless. So how did these 13 Golden MCs come together to form this crew? Well, first you have to think about what goes into making an album. When you're recording an album for a major label, you not only have to write and record and produce the music, you also have to go through and deal with all the stuff they want you to do for promotions, publicity stunts, marketing stuff, approve this, approve that, meet with this person. There's a ton of pressure and a ton of chaos that goes around being a major label artist, even if you're a tiny major label artist, especially if you're a tiny major label artist, actually, because they really don't give a crap about you. And for the most part, you're still an independent artist, except now someone is bitching at you about what you can and can't do. You're not making any more money because they're making you spend it on a bunch of things you normally wouldn't spend it on. So it's basically the same deal you already had, except someone is yelling at you day and night about what's wrong with the stuff you're trying to do. And then they put you on tour with people that you shouldn't even be on and then complain about the fact that you're not making any money. But that's a story for another day. Suffice it to say, there's a lot of pressure involved in preparing an album for release. So after about a year and a half of constantly working on, rearranging, preparing, repackaging, altering, and generally screwing around with this album, it came out. At least it was off to manufacturing. So we needed to blow off some steam. We're in the studio one night, basically just hanging around the group, a couple of the employees, a couple of, well, a couple of groupie hoes, pretty much. <laughs> Sorry, ladies, but you did get on the record. We were in the studio and we were bored and the girls were not particularly entertaining. So we decided to just really quickly steal someone's beat, write up lyrics on the spot and rap over the top of it. Like the midnight sessions we were used to at the recording studio. The rappers that would come in and be not particularly talented would make a beat in two hours or less, would write their rhymes on the spot, would record it, mix it, master it, everything out the door in two hours or less, drive through recording. So that's what we were going to pretend to be doing. Instead of spending you know, 18 months preparing 10 songs, we were going to spend you know, two hours preparing three songs if we could do it, however many we could get through in a couple hours. So I get to work, I start making beats. The only stuff we had in the building we were at was generic pop music. We didn't have a, a sample library. We were in a production studio that mainly had background music, phone on hold message music, a lot of, you know, music, the kind of stuff that you wouldn't want to, you're not going to sample it and rap over it. You know, I had my CD case because CDs were still a thing then. I brought the CD case in from the car. The leader of the group decides, we'll take this Michael Jackson CD, 
He loved Michael Jackson. I don't know if he still does. He says, take this Michael Jackson CD and loop this beat. All right, cool. It gives me this little two-bar thing. So I take the two bars and I loop it. You know, yay. Just, just let it run. I said, well, it's off. You know, let me, let me fix it. I just threw it in there real quick. It's not on. So it kind of jumps. It doesn't loop right. It's like, no, 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 no. That's perfect. You know, we, we want this to be whack. We don't want it to be good. We want it to sound bad on purpose. So, all right, well, you got it. It sounds bad right now. Perfect. All set. So, all right, just hit that play button. Let it loop. Everybody grab a piece of paper and start writing your verse. Now, everybody in this case is about six guys and two girls who we barely know. Okay, you're going to sing. So you already know how well this is going to go. Six guys, four of which are not rappers, two actual rappers, and two girls who are just along for the ride are about to make this song over this really badly looped beat. Good idea. Now here's the next thing. You only have about 15 minutes to write. You know, we're not going to sit here all night. We got stuff to do. We got to move. All right, cool. Well, I, this is no problem for me. I can come up with stuff in a lot less than 15 minutes, but whatever. But I'm trying to make the music over here, so maybe somebody's going to wind up helping on this one. Oh, one more thing, guys. You don't get to punch in. You don't get to do any retakes. Anything you say the first time we're playing the music once, you get one try and you get out. If you screw up, it's there forever. If you say the wrong thing, it, too bad. If you forget the words and stop in the middle, say goodbye and leave because you're done. So it was completely on the spot. We only have two hours to do this thing that the midnight sessions were known for. So this was kind of fun for those of us who spent our time in the studio. The three of us or four of us who were regularly working in the studio. The other guys weren't so sure what was going on here. That was the horrorcore song. Detroit at the time especially was known for horrorcore rap. It wasn't hardcore rap, it wasn't gangster rap, it was horrorcore. It was about horror movie stuff. It was about dead bodies, zombies, devils and demons and all of these sorts of things. They weren't telling tales of gang violence in the hood. They were telling tales of eating a dead body because they were poor. Obviously fictional tales, sort of like the tales from the crypt, only in rap form, right? So this song, basically making fun of all of the people in town who had been making this type of music and doing a piss poor job at it. And the entire point of this record was to do a piss poor job of an entire album because we had just done an awesome job on an album. Now it's time to goof off. We've still got time to get one more done before the people who actually own this place come in and get pissed that we're up here. So grab another CD, whip together another two second beat. Everybody go in, write your stuff again, 15 more minutes. Well, everybody except for me that is, because I was once again busy making the beat, so someone else wrote my verse on this one. It's the only one I didn't write myself. It's terrible, but there it is. You know, no retakes again. No edits, just go in there, do it, and, and let's go. This time the girls get to sing too. 
these girls are not singers. But we put them in the booth and we let them sing the hook. The lead guy was in there coaching them the entire time. Came out okay. They're not on anything resembling you know, pitch. They're way off from each other. They're way off from the song. But it fits because the whole thing is supposed to be garbage. It is garbage. They fit in really well. Perfect. Oh, yeah. All the cars from L.A. to Long Beach. They all lining up for the big one, the barbecue on the boulevard. I know you're liking the funk, so roll up your chronic and head to the beach. We're gonna kick things off with L. I pulled up top down in my 6 4 Impala. G's on the move, G's on the move for the chronic. The chronic is bionic. I fucked that bitch from JJ Fed. Remember Supersonic? Well, now she licks my nuts. She likes the way it tastes. So then I pulled my dick out and I nutted in her face. Uh, G Funk. I got the Funk G. The G it stands for gold. And I'm the golden jelly. I'm G Serving funk, so come and have another dish. Fine hoes, they line up like winos. They want my balls, I only fuck albinos. I'm from LA, but not from the LBC. Compton, Long Beach, they call me Frank G. G that was the first night in the studio. We didn't know if we were going to be doing this again. Everybody was sort of into it at this point, but we were out of time. So the next day, everybody gets up and winds up back in a different studio to make three more songs. Same process. Three more go down. They did this while half of us were at work. So they recorded these three songs with a different set of people. And then later that evening, we all got together and made three more. Nine songs done, two days. This session was the night that we got 13 miles. Probably the best song we did. Now we just stole this entire instrumental track from a promotional CD that was laying in one of the piles that Tom Gillardi had laying around. Somebody grab a CD with some instrumentals, put it in there, and we'll write our verses to it. We rollin', start the car. We rollin' through beautiful suburbs on 13 Mile, Golden Frank. Rolling and ruling on 13 Mile, but not kicking it suburb style. Rolling with the coochies in the 8-4 Cutlass, trying to get down, but they say motherfuckers. Threw her out the car, cause the hoe's no good. Find another bitch, cruising through the neighborhood. That's the way it is with my defunct style. And I'm out to the 13 Mile. Rolling, tripping, 40 sipping, Shut 
That same night, because we were in the recording studio at the school where I was teaching, we did a song called Knowledge is Golden. There's always got to be that smart knowledge track on a classic rap album. This was going to be ours. It was still going to be a bad parody, but we were still trying to emulate the classic moves. Hey, bitches! It's the Golden Goalies up in this bitch! Golden rocks! No, I'm not lying. I sell knowledge like birds that are flying. Grab your head because I'm getting is near. Fire from hell, you just live in fear. You sell your soul to the silver one. Go the golden way or your ass is done. Yeah, boy, you better listen to what I say. This is it, motherfucker. Judgment day. Right, coming off in the G-Sec. School's on, so open your fucking textbooks for a lesson you won't forget. Open your mind and push the fucking reset. I'm so tired of the suckers that talk shit. Knowing nothing, making me sick. So get the fuck out with your seminar style. Let me tell you how to really get wild. Hey, you know what, Golden Frank? What's up? There's a lot of suckers flaking and perpetrating, scared to kick reality. Word. And knowledge is the key to wisdom, you know what I'm saying? I hear ya. So what we should do is just all come together as a group and just get out here and really preach the real word. Word. All right, now I've posted a video of the entire live performance. You can find a link to our YouTube page on our website at RetroNerds252.com. The entire video is up there. It's about a half hour long. Features most of the album. We were rapping over the pre-recorded tracks, obviously. Some of them had lyrics already in them. Some of them did not. Some of the people were lip-syncing the entire time. Most of us were actually rapping live on the spot. The, the mics were active. If you've ever seen the stage at the Magic Stick, it was about six inches off the ground and about maybe eight feet by six feet. It was not a big stage. There's 13 of us on an eight-foot stage. So basically, the artists, the entire staff of the record label, the engineers, the photographer, the whole team was involved in making this record just to blow off steam, just to just to come down from the huge panic that had just been involved in making this record. One week, we recorded a 10-song album, which they used a drunken photo of me with my huge glasses and a cigarette hanging out of my mouth while I'm apparently sweating to death in the middle of the summer. That's the cover of the Golden Goldies album, thank you. I found that out the next day when I showed up and they said, Here, look at this, this is the cover. And I went, Man, I don't even know where you guys got that picture. I was apparently a bit intoxicated by that time. That was a busy evening. <laughs> and no, I didn't get with the groupie hoes. I have tried to. I never really got with the groupie hoes. It just didn't seem to work out for me. I could never be quite the asshole required to pull it off. I'd wind up watching TV with them. It was one huge joke, but we took it all the way. We didn't half-ass anything. We put the entire thing together like it was going to come out for real. And of course, we, we didn't release this because, it, come on. However, 
If you look on the internet now, it's all over the place. You can order copies for 20 bucks. You can download it from your favorite MP3 pirating place. Most of them don't have my face as the cover anymore, which is nice. But sometimes you find one that does, which I always think is entertaining. Or I look on eBay and somebody will be selling a copy and I'm like, well, there's me. I could probably have this taken down, but I might as well let them sell it because what the hell, it's kind of funny, right? It was meant to be a joke in the first place. No one is supposed to be making money out of this, of course. I wish they were giving the copies away, but it's all over YouTube. But if you want a copy and you can't find one, I have the original master. There's no better sounding copy anywhere. I'll post that somewhere. It's royalty free. It's not copyrighted. There's no reason why I can't put that up for download, so I will do so. That was the tale of the Golden Goldies. Recorded one album, performed one show, and became living legends in less than a week. 1990 motherfucking five! Before we sign off for today, I was just going through a box of tapes and found this track that I don't think anyone has ever heard except for the people who are actually on the recording. It goes along with the story we were just telling, in fact. After the Golden Goldies live show, when we noticed how many people were actually into this silly thing, someone got it in their head to make a real version of the group by taking the four or five of us who could actually rap and forming another group. The idea was to go on tour with the other group and open up for them dressed in ninja costumes and perform a few songs as the ninjas. And then after our show was off, you know, our 15 minutes or whatever, we would go off and be there cleaning off bottles, getting rid of things that people threw on stage, making sure it was safe, just you know, the cleanup crew for the, the rest of the show. It would be dual purpose. You could tour together, not have to bring staff and an opening act because the staff was the opening act. It was a great idea. So we went into the studio to record one song to see how it would go. This also goes along with a story from last week about studio tricks because the guy from the main group went in and recorded the entire song by himself and then gave it to everyone and said, here, take this, learn it, and do it like this. Uh, we all took it and learned it and kind of did it our own way anyway, but that was the trick. The one person could basically make another record on his own with everybody else being his voice at that point. So we went in and recorded this one song. I mean, it went well enough and we were actually going to do a full EP, you know, four or five songs. And then they got signed to a bigger label and everything business-wise got completely screwed around. And this project was entirely dropped and they took this track actually and used it for a different song altogether and forgot about the entire thing. I don't know if anybody's even ever heard of this idea until today. Well, here you go. Check it out. This is The Ninjas. What the hell's a ninja? Ninjas are a branch of the Japanese samurai. A very old organization. Its origins are hundreds of years old. Much of its history has been lost. Not many ninjas exist today, yet they all have indomitable fighting skills and superb ninjutsu. No matter what weapons you use, a ninja will never die. Damn, it feels good. 